Join Sayla, host of Sayla Speaks Podcast, broadcasting live each Saturday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Log in to hear information, inspiration, and interconnection. Broadcasting from Fishbowl Studios in the DFW Metroplex. Saturdays, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Sayla Speaks on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. family. Now let us start out with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I bless you to be able to sit here once again. Father, I'm just extremely humbled that you would have chosen me to sit here in this chair in this time, in this, in this season. Father, I'm just uh, elated. And Father, absolutely, I'm depending on you to speak a word today. I'm depending on you to bring to my remembrance or bring to my heart, to bring to my soul, to bring to my spirit the things that thus says the Lord. I ask you to bring fresh rhema, Father, a fresh word. Father, even though there's nothing new under the sun, even though the word uh, is contained in the books of the Bible, even though there's no new words that are added to those words, the revelation is always unfolding. And Father, even though some of the same scriptures and some of the same words may be spoken that have been spoken on previous podcasts, I pray that it is precept upon precept, line upon line, and revelation upon revelation, that we're not looking to what the scripture says, but the revelation of the scripture and who you are in the scripture, Father, and who you are in those words. Because, Father, we know that you can show, you can take us from glory to glory to glory and from revelation to revelation to revelation. There's words and there are words that we read and we get a new revelation and a fresh revelation and fresh rhema from the word of God each time that we eat of it. So I thank you right now, Father, that we will eat of your word, we will drink of your spirit, Father, and we will look to you for the revelation. I give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory for who you are, who you were, and who you shall be. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, family, that last statement that I made, who God is, who God was, 
and who God shall be is what I've been led to speak on today. This is all about revelation. We've spoken in previous settings as to who God is. We talked about who God is in Christ. We talked about Jesus Christ as our high priest and as our Lord and as our King of Kings. We've talked about all these things, but yet and still, like we say, a different angle on things that we've already discussed. And that is the revelation of God. Who God is, who God was, and who is to come in Revelation. I thank God because when we look at the name of God, we say Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, or Yod, Hey, Wah, Hey. We look at that and we say, well, okay, fine. And so what does that have to do with anything? Well, just inherent, latent in the name of God, Yod, Hey, Wah, Hey. When you look into that, the yod, you're looking at the hand. Hey, behold. Wa, the nail. Hey, behold. Latent in the name of Yahweh, Jehovah. Latent in that name is the revelation of salvation. Behold in his hands and behold in the nails that shall pierce him. He's an amazing God. He's always revealed himself. When we talk about who he is, good gracious alive, God is awesome. Because when we talk about who he is, he has revealed himself in Christ. For Jesus Christ is the express image of the invisible God. And when you look at the name of Jesus Christ, Yeshua, you start with the same name that you started with for Yahweh, Yod, Hey, Wah. And you add in Shin, Ayin. So you get the male concept, you get the hand concept of salvation. But then the Shin, you get the teeth. You get the concept of the lion of the tribe of Judah. And then you get the Ayin, and you get the concept of the revelation of who he is in sight. In other words, his eyes are what he's able to behold or his place as priest, his place as the overseer of our salvation. So when you get the yod Hey wa and then you move into the shin or yin. The shin shows us that he shall be that lion of the tribe of Judah. He came as a servant to serve. But when he comes back, he shall come back as a king. He shall come back to devour his enemy. It appears that his enemy had devoured him in his coming as to who he is. But we know that that was a necessity. That he should die for the sins of the world. It was a necessity. That he should be our savior. It was a necessity. That he should be sacrificed for the sins of the world. It was a necessity. That he should fulfill every word that was prophesied of him. 
That is how he has revealed himself in who he is. And he also has revealed himself in who is to come. When we look into the prophetic end of the age and the consummation of the age, we see who he is to come. For the government shall be on his shoulders. Hallelujah. So let's step back a little bit into those three concepts. Looking at who he has revealed himself as. He was born of a virgin. He was born under the law to, to fulfill everything that was written of him and every type that was typical of who he should be. He fulfilled them all. The Old Testament speaks time and time and time again of who he is. If you knew Moses and you knew the prophets, you would know who Jesus is because they spoke of him, they prophesied of him. When you look into the Psalms, when you look into the Bible as it is at large, it all speaks of Jesus Christ. He even showed himself to us as the angel of the Lord. And many times he, pre he presented himself and he spoke to human beings in the form of the angel of the Lord. Because he always has been, he always will be. And in his present state, he is a savior who is indicative of all three. Are we looking at three gods? No, we're not looking at three gods. We're looking at one God. For he said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. We have a body. We have a soul. We have a spirit. God has a body. What is that body? He said that Jesus is the express image, the Christ, is the express image of the invisible God. He showed us who he is by showing us Jesus Christ. When you look at the three concepts of who God is, when you look at, when you look at yod Hey wah Hey, then you look at Yahweh or Jehovah, when you look at Yahweh, even those three parts of his name are indicative of who was, who is, and who is to come. When you look at the Yah on the end, you're looking at Yahweh. You're looking at who was. You're looking at the Father. You're looking at the Word. You're looking at the Holy Spirit. So when you look at the how, the middle part of it, you're looking at who is. You're looking at the Father, you're looking at the Son, you're looking at the Holy Spirit. And when you, you, when you look at the beginning of it, the Yah part of it, you're looking at who shall be. You shall see the Son coming in word and in spirit. The way that he revealed himself in his name is so incredible. And it is amazing. We just go around and we say God. <laughs> we say Jesus. But even Jesus, people stumble at the name of Jesus. But when you look at the name of Jesus, Yeshua, you can translate that or transliterate or however you want to call it from Yeshua to Lesus and from Lesus to Jesus or Jesus. It is nothing, it's nothing, you know, that's, you know, just drawn out of the air. It is the name of Jesus Christ. It is the name from the Hebrew to the Greek and 
it is always all the way translated and transliterated into the English language. We just call him Jesus as opposed to Yeshua or Lesus or as it were Jesus or Jesus or Jesus. So let's not get it twisted. That is a powerful name. That is who he is. That's how he's revealed himself through his name. And he has many names that reveal him in many ways. And he revealed himself as the one who is present. He revealed himself as one who is our righteousness. As one who is our savior. As one who is our healer. As one who is our health. As one who is our banner of victory over life, over death, over hell, over the grave. As our provider. He's revealed himself in so many ways through his name. That is who he is. That's how he has revealed himself to us. First and foremost, in his name or in his names or the way he has revealed himself. And he has been called various different things because of the way that he showed himself to his servants. Even in Abraham, when Abraham went up to sacrifice Isaac, when Jesus provided a lamb, Jehovah Jireh, he says God will provide the sacrifice. That is just a type of what Jesus did to reveal who he is and who he shall be. The sacrifice for sins of the world. He didn't think it was robbery. He didn't think it was demeaning. He didn't think it was belittling to leave the splendor of heaven and to step into this earthly realm. To die for the sins of the world. To be born in a manger. In a stable. Can you go from glory like that to the, in other words, from the othermost, as some would say, to the guttermost and be God? That is who God is. He came to serve. He came to seek and to save the lost. He came to become sin for us, even though he knew no sin, that we may be made the righteousness, which is part of his name, of who he is and how he has revealed himself to mankind. He is an awesome God. He has covered his bases from A to Z. He says that I am he who was, who is, and who is to come. I am the beginning and the end. I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last. Awesome. If you look for him, if you seek after him, you will find him. He will reveal himself to you. And it starts with his name. That is who he is. It's latent. It's active. It's powerful in his name. Because in the beginning, he was the word. The name is ascribed to in words. These words that carry power and authority. He's amazing. Man, he's amazing. He's glorious. He is God. He's awesome. He thought of everything before the world was. Said he was crucified before the foundation of the world. He is so amazing. Even the prophecy that we talked about in the past, where that as soon as Adam sinned, he was covered by Jesus. Jesus says, I will provide a sacrifice for you. I've already done it before the foundation of the world, but we need to walk through the steps. I'm revealing myself to you as the Savior of the world. But ultimately, I will come and I will walk on this earth as a human. For God shall be in me reconciling the world unto himself, not counting the sins against him. Revelation 
of who I am. The creator of the heaven and the earth. Revelation of who I am. The word by which all things were made and without him nothing was made that was made. Him. Though he is almighty, he became a servant to all. To seek and to save the lost who could not save themselves. And now we have an awesome priest. He's revealed himself through death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension now as the high priest. That's who he is. But it's amazing when you step back in time. You step back into the days of the law, which we've discussed before, the law of Moses. Under that law, they were instructed to build a tabernacle. And that tabernacle was like a little tent. It had curtains to enter and it had curtains in there before you get into the Holy of Holies to separate the holy place from the Holy of Holies. And outside the tabernacle, there was an altar of sacrifice. All this pointing to Jesus Christ. It's amazing how he revealed himself in who he was before he revealed himself to us in who he is and then, of course, who he shall be. But under that law, you had that, you had that altar of sacrifice indicating that Jesus would be the one who sacrificed himself for the sins of the world. And through that sacrifice, the next thing you go is to the laver where there was a washing place where that the priest would wash their hands and their feet. They could not reconcile themselves unto God. But they, through that sacrifice, had atonement. And through the washing of the hands, it's like the washing of the spirit. It's like being baptized by one spirit into one body. And then, once you move past those two stations, then you could enter behind that first veil into the tabernacle, into the holy place. This is indicative of what Jesus has done to save us. When you enter into that holy place, you'll find that there was a, a, a lampstand that had the seven candlesticks, indicative of the sevenfold Holy Spirit, the spirit of the living God, the spirit of wisdom, of knowledge, of understanding, of counsel, of might, of the fear of the living God, the Holy Spirit, but also the seven churches, hallelujah, that are spoken to, that the messages went from Christ to the seven churches in the book of Revelation to the angels of the seven churches. It is amazing because that indication of the Holy Spirit on the one side, and then you move to the other side and you had the showbread, you had the 12 loaves of unleavened bread that when the priests came in on the Sabbath, they had to eat of that bread. Isn't that amazing? But because when we go through the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ and by his spirit he baptizes us, he washes us and baptizes us into his body and takes us into the holy place what he gives us to drink of his spirit and eat of his body, of his word. Because he said, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part with me. But the words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. The Holy Spirit and the bread of life right there in the Holy of Holies. And then before you enter into the Holy of Holies, there was this altar of incense. So now you have been sanctified like the book of 
Hebrews says, by one sacrifice have we been made holy. Have we been, for one offering, have we been sanctified? Have we been perfected forever? Those who are sanctified by Jesus Christ. So here we are, a type of sanctification, a type of baptism by the Spirit into the body, a type of receiving the Holy Spirit to drink and the bread of life to eat. And now here we are. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. So we find ourselves now able to enter into the presence of God. The Holy of Holies is right before us. And the altar of incense. Now we are consecrated before the Lord. And the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous avail much. And the incense of the prayers go up before the throne of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in the heavenlies. A high priest. A sacrifice of praise. Of worship. A holy sacrifice of praise and of worship. That indicating from that altar of incense. And of course, with the death of Jesus Christ, the Holy of Holies, the veil was rent and opened up so that we could go through Jesus Christ, through the sacrifice, through the washing of the, of the baptism, through the washing of the water of the word, through the Holy Spirit, through the word of God, into the presence of the living God. He says, come boldly before the throne of God so you may find grace, so you may find love and mercy and peace, and gentleness, and kindness in your time of need. So now, we can offer up a sacrifice of praise before our high priest. Looking at how things were, right? How he revealed himself in times past. Now the Holy of Holies is open to us. The old temple curtain veil has been rent and opened. There was a point in time that we could not stand the glory, the Shekinah glory that was in that holy place. Only the priest could go in once a year to atone for the sins of the people. But now all his children should come boldly or beckon to come boldly before the throne of grace. Boldly before the throne of grace. Being new creatures, being reconciled unto God and having a ministry of reconciliation. He's an awesome, awesome God. And how he has revealed himself unto us. That is what he did in times past. So now the Holy of Holies is open. Jesus as a high priest and Lord stands there. And when you go with the yod, hey, why, hey, you look at the one who we beheld his hands and we beheld the nails. And then we saw the teeth in the shin. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And then we saw the ayin. Hallelujah. We saw the eyes that are upon us. We see the penetration of our high priest. The penetrating spirit. The spirit that is pervasive through all the world. The spirit whereby he said, if I be lifted up from this earth. Even as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness when, when the children were dying of snake bites and he lifted up that brazen serpent in the wilderness and they that looked upon the serpent in faith as looking upon Christ as he was lifted up were healed. And now with the lifting up of Jesus Christ on the cross we see who 
he revealed himself as, but when he revealed himself as, that is as who he is now. Hallelujah. Because it is by grace through faith. It is by revelation. The words we speak, the words he speaks, and the words he spoke are spirit. And they are life. Life. Grace did not just show up now. Grace always has been and always will be. Love has always been and love always will be. He always was, he always is, and he always will be. That's just who he has revealed and how he has revealed himself to his people. It is amazing how he was and how he is and how he shall be. He's given us the word of prophecy. Jesus Christ is the spirit of all prophecy. It is amazing that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But yet, though he was invisible, he made himself visible so that we may know him. Even though we see through a dark, through a glass as dimly now, we don't see perfectly. But yet and still the Holy Spirit searches all things, yea, even the deep things of God. And because he searches all things and he's in us, he's revealing to us the things of God. And apart from him, who he is, how he has revealed himself, we would not know God. We could not know God. But yes, now we profess to know him. But when we shall see him face to face, we shall then know as we are known. Because then we shall put off these bodies of mortality and put on bodies of immortality. Oh yeah, I understand that these words to those who don't know him sound foolish. They sound impossible. But let me ask you, where did you come from? <laughs> ask me, where did I come from? I'm removed some 6,000 years from Adam. I don't know how I got here. And apart from the revelation of God, I don't know where I'll be going when I leave here. Eat, drink, be merry, for this life is all you have. And it says a drop in the bucket compared to eternity, not even a drop in the bucket. 6,000 years is like six days to Christ. And we're talking infinity past and infinity future. 6,000 years? Like they say, that ain't no time compared to eternity. So what do we do? Do we take our natural minds and try to phantom what this all means? Like I say, I didn't even ask to be here. I don't know how I was conceived. Yeah, in my mind, my mentality, I know. But ask me literally how I was conceived. I can't really tell you. I don't know. I wasn't part of that. That's God's territory. When I was nurtured in the womb, I had nothing to do with it but rest. I just rested. Rested and trusted. And then I was delivered out of the womb. And I continued to rest and trust to the best of my ability. Because I had not a clue how I got here and why I was here. Not a clue. But yet and still we can phantom that because we see it, we feel it, we touch it. But then again, we have a body, we don't have a clue how it works. We just shove stuff in the top and relieve stuff out the bottom. What goes on in between, we have no idea. It's just life. They say, here's the beginning of your life, the birth. And here's the end of your life, your death or your transition. And on your tombstone, there's a dash in the middle. We've all heard it. We don't know. 
I don't even know what I'm going to do when I step out this door when I get up from this seat. I have no idea. I'm just go, as they say, going with the flow. Going with the flow. But we think we are so smart that we can try to figure out what the plan of God is apart from the author and the finisher of our faith. You have to be transformed. You have to not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because it is a spiritual understanding. And life is a spiritual warfare. It is not a natural warfare. We do not wrestle. We do not fight. We do not struggle against flesh and blood, even though it seems that way. <laughs> well, we know that the spirit is at war against the flesh, but we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. If you wrestle against your own flesh, you're divided. You're dividing your kingdom against itself, and the kingdom divided against itself will not stand. It will fall. It will crumble every time. So when we try to defeat our bad habits, our old habits, or our unproductive habits, our lifestyle, we find ourselves failing over and over and over again because a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. You have to fight the flesh with the spirit. For the spirit mortifies the deeds of the flesh. The spirit puts to death the deeds of the flesh. When you're in the spirit, you're not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. So we endeavor to be in the spirit more than we're in the flesh. We endeavor to grow to maturity that this day is better than the last day. That is, this day I am growing more in Christ and growing more in grace. That is what it's all about. It is not how good I am. It is how obedient I am to the Spirit. Because if you're led by the Spirit again, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And he says that if the Spirit of God is in you, you belong to him. If the Spirit of God is not in you, you do not belong to him, and you're not his. John the Baptist said, I baptize with water, but the one that comes after me will baptize with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Ghost. And he spoke of Jesus. He said, that is the one whom I said that he shall baptize with the Holy Ghost. And the Word of God says, it is by one Spirit that is Jesus baptizing us in the Spirit, with the Spirit, by the Spirit, through the Spirit. It is by one Spirit, because it says by John, that he that comes after me will baptize. And he pointed to the one who is the he, and the he was the Messiah, the Yeshua, the yod Hey wah shin Yin. The one who came forth, who proceeded and came forth from Yod, hey, wah, hey, Yahweh, the word of God, hallelujah, the son of God who shall stand with the teeth of the lion of the tribe of Judah. On his shoulders shall be government that shall have no end and has already been established through his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension into heaven. He is a mighty God and his names are indicative of who he is. Our God, our Lord, our Savior, our wonderful Counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. Emmanuel, that is God, with us. Again, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, 
not counting their sins against him. Why was he not counting their sins against him, against them, against us? Was because he came to sacrifice himself for the sins of the world. Love covered a multitude of sins. And now we have a great high priest who is not calling us to be concerned with sin, but to be concerned with salvation. Becoming a new creature in Christ. That is our plight. So look at the heavenlies. Look at the things that have been made. Look at the way that God has revealed himself as who he is, who he was, and who he shall be. He showed us through the end of time and through the end of the ages, even back as far as we can remember when he talked about to Adam and Eve and he showed them that there shall, become, there shall come one that shall crush the head. And I know it says bruise, but he also revealed that there was a crushing that takes place. A bruising, but yet he revealed later that his head shall be crushed or Satan shall be crushed, not just bruised. I give God the honor and I give him the glory because he's always, he's always revealed himself. Even before the fall of Adam, he was speaking to Adam in the garden, revealing himself to Adam. His amazing God appearing as an angel of the Lord. Hallelujah. Being spoken of by the prophets, for God spoke to the prophets in time past to our fathers. And now the Father and God has spoken to us in Son. In the person of the Son. Because he says that we beheld his glory as the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth. He was in the world. The world was made by him, yet they knew him not. But he said when the Father reveals him to a people, then it is done by the volition and by the choice of the Father. And now the Father has revealed him unto us by the Spirit. What an awesome revelation of who he is. And when you look into the future, he has revealed how the ages shall be consummated. When you look into the book of Daniel, and Daniel looked out, even though the Egyptian and Assyrian uh, captivity had already taken place, he was in Babylonian captivity. And he looked out and he saw the kingdoms that should come. He saw four kingdoms. Two had already come and he saw four more. Well, he was under Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. And he revealed this, this vision that he saw of this terrible beast to Nebuchadnezzar. O oh, king, you are this head of gold. And the media Persia or the Medo-Persian empire shall be the upper torso and the arms. Hallelujah. And then the Grecian Empire shall be the middle section of this, this, this terrible beast down to the thighs. And then the Roman Empire shall be the legs of iron that shall extend down to the feet and the two feet of iron and of brittle clay. There's a separation in the ten toes that shall come out of that kingdom in the latter days. He revealed these kingdoms to us through the person of of Daniel, and he revealed to him, he revealed to him that the end of these kingdoms 
shall be in the end or the consummation of this age. He says, it shall be for the end of the days. I know some people believe that all of those prophecies have already been fulfilled. But when you look at it, you'll find that he told Daniel that he will come out in the end of the consummation of the age to stand in his place. There's yet a seven day or seven day or seven week uh, as it was one week, seven days, one week, or shall I say seven years time that is spoken of in the Bible. We talk of Daniel's 70 weeks, 69 of them have been fulfilled. And that last week, that last week, which is seven years, that last week has not yet happened. Because during that time period, that is when we call, uh, is what we call the Great Tribulation. It's a time when this Antichrist shall come to the full. But there were already Antichrists in the world, even at the time of Jesus Christ. But the, but the, but the magnitude, the intensity is increasing. Hallelujah. And they shall say, where is he? You spoke of this one that should come, and it's been 2,000 years, and we assumed that this was going to happen in the first century after his death. So why has it been so long, and could it be that he was not who he said he was? But as I said before, to him, a 1,000 years is as one day. 2,000 years essentially have passed since the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and the coming, the ushering in of the new covenant. The covenant wherein Jesus Christ is, has, has forgiven sins, hallelujah. And Jesus Christ is the high priest. And we are under the government of Jesus Christ. Two days to him, though it's been 2,000 years. Two days. So, no, I don't count that as slack. Because he said he would that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That is what his desire is. We know that all will not come to repentance. Because the word spoken must be mixed with faith. He will give the faith for you to mix with the word. But you have to be open. You have to desire him. You have to hunger and thirst after righteousness. You have to want him. They that refused the law of Moses died according to the law. How much greater would you consider the person to be in jeopardy of death who denies the Christ? Who denies the word of God? Who denies so great a salvation? Who denies the blood that he shed? Who denied the suffering that he suffered? For he suffered, he suffered uh, through obedience, hallelujah, even through obedience to the cross. Even though he said, Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, let your will be done. Totally submitted to the Father. He said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Again, he's a express image of the invisible God. He has revealed himself unto us. And he continues to reveal himself unto us. He said, if I be lifted up on the cross, I will draw all men unto me. He was lifted up. And he is drawing each and every man, woman, boy, and girl to him. Because in his position as high priest, he has sent forward the Holy Spirit to draw. He said, I will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin because they have not believed on me. He's desiring for you to place your faith in him. Believing in your heart. Confessing with your mouth. Placing faith in him. For he is the express image 
of the invisible God. That is how he revealed who he is. Jesus, Yeshua, yod Hey, Wah, Shin, Ayin. Behold the hands. Behold the nails. Hallelujah. And then look at the one who comes as the lion of the tribe of Judah. And his eyes are upon the world. And he is drawing all men to himself by his spirit. By his spirit. He is the one who is, who was, and who is to come. In Revelation, he made mention, he says, I am the one who was dead and am alive forevermore. And I have all power in heaven and earth in my hands. And I have the keys of death and of hell and of the grave. O grave, where is your victory? <laughs> o death, where is your sting? Hallelujah. It speaks in Revelation of this Antichrist. Like I said, many Antichrists have come. But it's talking about this one that shall be in the consummation of the age who shall have a seven-year period where he shall reign. And he shall make a peace treaty with the people of God. And in the middle of the week, he shall break that treaty. And he shall set himself up and consider himself to be everything that is considered God. Yes, he shall blaspheme God himself. He shall stand up and profess himself to be God. He shall have a false prophet before him. The prophet shall be able to give life to the image of this beast, of this man. This man whose number is the number of a man, whose number is 666. God has revealed to us who he is. God has told us that we shall not be deceived by this man, by this nation, by this kingdom, as it were, by this one who governs and by the false prophet who stands before him. Able to make even lying miracles and wonders manifest themselves. We've seen holograms. We've seen people that are dead that can, that can work miracles and wonders before us because it's, it's, an, it's a hologram. I mean, Michael Jackson and others who are performing concerts, even now, as it were, from the dead. And it's as realistic and lifelike as, it's, as it can be because we perceive through the senses that we have and the senses don't know what's real and what's not real. If it, if it appears real, to us it is real. That is the limitation of the human nature, of the human body. But God has placed in his children the spirit of the living God to, to, to discern between good and evil, right and wrong, real and that which is not real. He said in the word of God that if it were possible, he would deceive even the elect. We're talking about the Antichrist. We're talking about that that government, that, that establishment of the spiritual, the spiritual religion and this place of power that this Antichrist shall have, if it were possible. And because of the fact that it's going to be great tribulation and you cannot buy or sell unless you take the mark of the beast in the forehead or in the hand. We're coming to that now where chips are placed in people. We're at the point in time now that, like I say, uh, you can't tell what's real and what is not real a lot of times. When you're looking at the, as I call it, the tell lie vision, you can tell sometimes there's a real person there and there's the image of a person there. 
they're perfecting it more and more and more because that is all electronic anyway. We're watching things that are electronically uh, projected. Even what I'm doing now, you're watching me electronically. Electronically. The mind doesn't know the difference. When you speak on a telephone, if you say something with your words, and even though it goes through, look here, it's invisible. You cannot see the words that are leaving my mouth. They're only vibrations. People ask if a tree falls in the wilderness where there's nobody or nothing there, will it make a sound? No, it doesn't make a sound. There's, there are vibrations. There's power. There's something latent in the way that God has made things. It's an invisible thing that has to be that has to be perceived before it is heard. It has to be translated before it becomes a thing. Just like the word of God, when it went forth, it went forth in invisibility. But it manifests itself in the things that we see. The things that, when I slap myself like this, you hear it. You don't see it because the vibrations go and it's translated. You hear it through the translation, the way that God has designed us. And there will be lying miracles and wonders, even so much so that he will use the backdrop even of the heavenly, yeah, that is of the sky, as his backdrop. And he would have the ability, just like you can do hologram now, you can use it as your backdrop, to, as your projector. And you can project even into the sky and into the heavenlies. And things will look so convincing. Because the word of God talks about how Jesus Christ shall come and he shall part the heavens open and he shall come and strike and even as the lightning strikes all the way from the east to the west. I dare say that the Antichrist will try to mimic it. I dare say that he will do everything that he can because he, but he, because he disguises himself as an angel of light. And I've said before his ministers disguise themselves as ministers of righteousness. I didn't say he disguised himself as an angel of death. Or of darkness, even though he's in darkness, he disguises himself as an angel of light so as to deceive. He doesn't need to deceive those that are in darkness. They're already deceived. He disguises himself in such a way to try to deceive those who are in the light. He tries to render ineffective our witness. He's trying to lead us astray so that our witness is discounted. So he will do everything that he can to deceive. Hallelujah. And many shall follow after him, believing that he is God himself. Because he would do the same type of miracles that we heard that Jesus did. But they will be lying miracles. When you take someone and you could basically, you, you have clones now. You have robots. You have all sorts of things that will look real. You can sit back with a remote and you can literally see somebody hit the ground and bleed. And you can see them look like they're coming back to life again or they're being healed. That's why he says, don't look to those things as proof positive of who God is and when God is working in somebody's life. Because man has done all he can to show himself that he can do what God does. He cannot. He can only mimic. He can only disguise. He can only deceive. He can only take what has already been and uncover or discover it. But God has revealed himself as the true and the living God. He is an amazing God who is, who was, and who is to come. Reveal himself in all forms and all facets so that we may know him, so that we may know that he is the creator of the heaven and the earth. 
the splendor, I mean the sun, I mean everything, the balance in the air, everything is so perfect. Hold your breath for a few minutes and your brain will be damaged. But if you breathe the air that's here in the, in the, in the proportion that is given, the body translates that or transforms it into life. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Drain the body of blood and it'll die. You cut yourself and you bleed and you don't know what the blood is made of. You don't know how it got that way. Like I said, you shove stuff in, food in, and you shove food out. And everything in between, the dash in between, you have no idea. Because we're fearfully and we're wonderfully made by God. We have no idea how we got here. We have no idea how we're going to leave here apart from the revelation of who he is, who he was, and who shall come. He's an awesome God. He's a mighty God. His name reveals who he is. Everything that he is. Oh, my God. When you look at even the spirit of the living God, the spirit, again, of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, counsel, might, and the fear of the God, of, of the Lord. When you look at the Holy Spirit and the attributes of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, faith, meekness, and temperance. When you look at the gifts of the spirit, hallelujah. When you look at the new creature, when you look at the heavenly Spirit, the heavenly, the heavenly one that translate the things of God for our understanding. He allows us to pray in the spirit and pray with our understanding. He is awesome. He has a foolproof way of communicating with us. He is amazing. He is gracious and he is kind. He has revealed himself unto us. Absolutely revealed himself unto us. There are many will tell you right now that you can't know God. You can't hear God. You can't see God. You can't feel God. You can't touch God. <laughs> Whether we can do it or not, he can do it. If we can't go that direction, he's already come this direction. He knows all the feelings of our infirmity. He knows everything that we're going through. He experienced it all. So when we're feeling it, he's feeling it just like that. He knows how it feels. He knows why we think the way we think. He made us, not we ourselves. He knows all things. So why not submit? Why not subject yourself to such a king, to such a priest, to such a Lord, to one who revealed himself and who he is? He said, I am. Who shall I say has sent me, says Moses? Tell him, I am has sent you because he always is. In whatever age, whether it's infinity past, he was I am, the I am. As time consummated, the I am. Where he is now, I am. Where he shall be, I am. Ever present. Ever present. That's who he is. Ever present. Revealing himself at every phase of, of human existence. He's always revealing himself in a present form as the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. He's ever presenting himself as the spirit of the living God, as the angel of God. Hallelujah. As the messenger of God, as the mediator between man and God. I could go on and on and on about how he has revealed himself to us because he's everything we need. You need it. He's already thought of it before the foundation of the world. He made us. 
He made all things. And there's a design for all things. There's a purpose for all things. And he's expecting us to not only be made in his image after his likeness, to walk, but to walk in his image and after his likeness. To walk before the world as an epistle written all over our minds and our hearts as to who he is. When I sit before you, I just sit before you to speak out of me what has been spoken into me. Or if it has not been spoken into me, trusting the spirit that he will speak it out of me. That is just the way he is. And anytime my thoughts get in the way, I'm going to stumble. <laughs> because I have to yield to the spirit. And I thank him for revealing himself to me. I thank him for giving me the confidence to sit before you. And the confidence to know that even through this imperfect vessel that he will shine. That he will reveal who he is, who he was, and who he shall be. He's an awesome God. He's a loving God, and he's a kind God. He's a constant God. He's an ever-present help in our time of need. Family, I'm going to take a short break, and I'll be right back. Praise God. Appreciate you spending this time with me today. And uh, I just pray that you will continue to seek him with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind. And he will reveal himself to you if he has not already. And even, even if he has already, he will continue to unveil himself, continue to progressively reveal himself to you by his spirit. For he is the one who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. With that, let me close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I bless you now. I thank you for this time to sit before your people. I thank you for rightly dividing your word of truth. I thank you for revealing yourself to us in who you are and who you were and who you shall be. But all these things are consistent with who you are. For you are the I am in every age, in every time, in every period. You are. You're a non-changing God. You change not. So you always have been who you are. Always have been who you were and always have been who you will be. So I thank you for being the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, last, the Almighty. I thank you for being the Savior of the world. And I thank you for being the creator of the world. I thank you for making us 
in your image and after your likeness. I thank you for reconciling us to yourself. I thank you for sanctifying us. I thank you for baptizing us with your spirit. I thank you for filling us with your spirit. I thank you for guiding and directing us with your spirit. I thank you for your ascension and your place as high priest and Lord. I thank you for the shin I in that you shall be the king, the, the, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And I thank you that your eyes are ever present and they shall be throughout all eternity. Thank you for your eyes being on the faithful and being on those who you're, you're seeking to draw to yourself. In the precious name of Jesus, I do pray. Amen. Join Sela, host of Sela Speaks podcast, broadcasting live each Saturday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Log in to hear information, inspiration, and interconnection. Broadcasting from Fishbowl Studios in the DFW Metroplex. Saturdays, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Sela Speaks on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. <laughs>